Let us be attentive. The Lord will give strength to his people. Bring to the Lord, O sons of God. Bring to the Lord honor and glory. Wisdom. The reading is from St. Paul's second letter to the Corinthians. Let us be attentive. Brethren, working together with him then, we entreat you not to accept the grace of God in vain. For he says, at the acceptable time I have listened to you and helped you on the day of salvation. Behold, now is the acceptable time. Behold, now is the day of salvation. We put no obstacle in anyone's way so that no fault may be found with our ministry. But as servants of God, we commend ourselves in every way, through great endurance, in afflictions, hardships, calamities, beatings, imprisonments, tumults, labors, watching, hunger, by purity, knowledge, forbearance, kindness, the Holy Spirit, genuine love, truthful speech, and the power of God, with the weapons of righteousness for the right hand and for the left, in honor and dishonor, in ill repute and good repute. We are treated as impostors and yet are true, as unknown and yet well-known, as dying and behold we live, as punished and yet not killed, as sorrowful yet always rejoicing, as poor, yet making many rich, as having nothing, and yet possessing everything. Peace be with you, the reader. Wisdom, arise, let us hear the Holy Gospel. Peace be with you all. The reading is from the Holy Gospel according to St. Matthew. Let's be attentive. said this parable, a man going on a journey called his servants and entrusted to them his property. To one he gave five talents, to another two, and to another one, to each according to his ability. Then he went away. He who had received the five talents went at once and traded with them, and he made five talents more. So also he one had two talents, made two more. 
But he who had received the one talent went and dug in the ground and hid his master's money. Now after a long time, the master of those servants came and settled accounts with them. And he who had received the five talents came forward, bringing five talents more, saying, Master, you delivered to me five talents. Here I have made five talents more. His master said to him, Well done, good and faithful servant. You have done faithful over a little. I will set you over much. Enter into the joy of your master. And he also who had the two talents came forward, saying, Master, you delivered to me two talents. Here I have made two talents more. His master said to him, Well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful over a little. I will set you over much. Enter into the joy of your master. He also who had received the one talent came forward, saying, Master, I knew you to be a hard man, reaping where you did not sow and gathering where you did not winnow. So I was afraid, and I went and hid your talent in the ground. Here you have what is yours. But his master answered him, You wicked and slothful servant, you knew that I reap where I have not sowed and gather where I have not winnowed. Then you ought to have invested my money with the bankers, and at my coming I should have received what was my own in interest. So take the talent from him and give it to him who has the ten talents. For to everyone who has will be given more, and he will have abundance. But from him who has not, even what he has will be taken away. And cast the worthless servant into the outer darkness. There men will weep and gnash their teeth. As he said these things, he cried out. He who has ears to hear, let him hear. Peace be with you who proclaim the gospel. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. In a book written by Frankie Schaefer, I read the following. He said, the American God loves you and has a wonderful plan for your life, but he does not want you to have to struggle to realize it. It is the illusion of the crucifixion without nails, of salvation through self-realization, of worship as entertainment, not the faith of the fathers believed in by all Orthodox Christians everywhere 
since the beginning. This kind of Christianity as described by him is what that sufferer in the camps of Germany, Dietrich Bonhoeffer, called cheap grace. In a culture that we live in, a culture of excessive leisure, indulgence, self-pleasing, it is no wonder that the Christianity advertised and promoted all around us is one of ease and a one-time confession of faith without any follow-up of an active and faithful Christian life expected. And so the Lord gives us today's parable. And the church in all her wisdom repeats this reading for us yearly to remind us that this is not really how things are. Turning to the gospel reading we just heard, we hear of a man entrusted who gave large sums of money to his servants before he is about to go on a lengthy journey. Surely Christ is here speaking about, of course, himself, the Lord of those servants, bestowing many and various graces and gifts upon his servants. That is, of course, on us. Just as they were entrusted with varying amounts of money according to their ability, so we too, as baptized and chrismated Christians, have each been given different gifts from that very Lord. But were all the servants saved in the end? Just because they were entrusted with their master's goods does not assure them of a place in his kingdom. They are expected to do something with what they have been given and not to just tuck it away or bury it. There is no assurance here, only a duty to love the Lord and to work for him through love until his return, until he comes back and says, what have you done with what I gave to you? Yes, they freely received those goods. We hear that. He just gave it to them. Just as we freely were given the Holy Spirit and different gifts. But the story does not end there. It reads, But after a long time, the Lord of those servants is coming and settles accounts with them. Being given something freely is one thing. Judgment and accountability for what has been given is another. Just as a reminder to all of us that judgment and hence ultimate salvation and life in the world to come is based upon what we do in this life, in the here and now of what has been entrusted to us, let's travel through the scriptures just a few passages. Beginning in Psalm 62, the prophet David's last words of praise to God are these. Mercy is yours, O Lord, for you will recompense everyone according to his works. In the book of Jeremiah, the Lord speaks, I, the Lord, search the mind and I test the heart to give to every person according to his ways, according to 
to the fruits of his doing. Our Lord Jesus, according to the Gospel of Matthew, says, For the Son of Man is to come with his angels in the glory of his Father, and then he will repay every person for what he has done. At the beginning of his letter to the Romans, St. Paul declares that God will render to every person according to his works. The same apostle, in his second letter to the Corinthians, tells us, For we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ, so that each one may receive good or evil according to what he has done in the body. And finally, the last book of the Bible, the mystical revelation, St. John declares, And I saw the dead, great and small, standing before the throne, and the books were opened. And the dead were judged by what was written in those books, by what they had done. St. Paul exhorts us to work out our salvation with fear and trembling. And our God expects us to use our gifts to serve one another through love. It is no wonder that St. James tells us, What does it profit, my brethren, if a man says he has faith but has not works? Can his faith save him? Faith by itself, if it has no works, is dead. As an example and challenge for us, we remember a great saint, St. Haralambos, the priest martyr, this coming Wednesday, the 10th of February. A man who absolutely did not squander the gifts given to him. He was not a complacent Christian, satisfied with mediocrity and spiritual laziness, but like the epistle proclaimed today, he worked together with God, cooperating with the grace entrusted to him. He did not receive the grace of God in vain, as St. Paul warned, only to lose it in the end. No, he multiplied his faith as a good and faithful steward through much physical, spiritual toil and labors. Ordained a priest at a very young age, he brought the light of the Lord's love to everyone in his community. And because of his priestly zeal, he was also put to the ultimate test by the pagan authorities. He was tortured for many months, enduring them all by the grace of God. After not renouncing his faith in Christ, this great martyr at 103 years of age was lashed, slashed, and dragged through the streets, even crucified. And when the executioner was about to drop the sword upon that saintly man's neck, a divine and heavenly voice said, Well done, my faithful servant. Enter into the kingdom of heaven. My brothers and sisters in the Lord, we have all been given the gifts of the Holy Spirit and endowed with various graces. We are to multiply them through good works and in the service to Christ's body, his church. For they are not our gifts, but the Lord's. 
look at the prophet David, how he was given a brilliant king's crown that weighed one talent of gold, approximately 70 pounds, and he multiplied that talent. He did not bury it or hide it like the slothful servant in the parable we heard about. But rather, the story goes on to say in 2 Samuel that David brought forth the spoils of the city a very great amount. The riches from that city can be understood spiritually to be the beautiful prayers we find in the book of Psalms, which he wrote his offering back to God for what had been entrusted unto him. David brought forth fruits of praise and worship, tears of repentance, of glory, and thanksgiving. In like manner, we are given a most beautiful jeweled crown in the Holy Eucharist. It was also given to Judas, but in vain. He quickly buried that treasure, leading his master to crucifixion and burial, and unto his own condemnation. So what do we do with that most precious gift? Do we also receive this most sacred treasure in vain? Or does it inspire us to cry out like the thief, Lord, remember me when you come in your kingdom? Does it nourish our souls and strengthen us to proclaim our faith and to keep the holy commandments? We are to imitate the two faithful servants of the parable and immediately go and multiply that gift given to us through prayer, thanksgiving, good works, charity, service. Do all things for the glory of God and out of love for him, brothers and sisters. Because even if we do multiply our talents, are we not just doing our Christian duty? We shouldn't think it any great thing to fulfill the law of Christ, which St. Paul calls the law of love, but our duty and sacred responsibility. Jesus says this, So you also, when you have done all that is commanded you, simply say, We are unworthy servants. We have only done what was our duty. So in closing, allow me to read a hymn jumping a little bit ahead to Great and Holy Tuesday when we once again remember this parable of the talents for it conveys the message of this parable very well. Come you faithful, let us labor with zeal for the master for he distributes his wealth to his servants. Let us therefore each according to his ability increase our talent of grace. Let one enhance wisdom through good works. Let another celebrate a splendid liturgy. Let another faithfully communicate the word of God to the ignorant. Let another distribute his wealth to the poor. For thus we increase our loan, and as faithful stewards of the grace given, we may be rendered more worthy of our master's joy. Deem us worthy of this joy, O Christ our God, as the lover of humanity. May our Lord, the bestower of many and diverse graces, grant us to stand at his right hand 
at his second dreadful and glorious coming. And may we all hear those blessed words, well done, good and faithful servant, enter into the joy of your master. To him be the glory now and ever, and to the ages of ages, amen.